0: The old thing of an FBI agent sitting with a little earbud in his ear listening to someone on telephone like they did to Martin Luther King, the Beatle John Lennon, and thousands of other people out there, so-called peace protesters, those things are going by the wayside. So I would say by 2030, 2035, it's a high possibility that what we call our government and our society will be run by what we used to call machines. Welcome to the
1: Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire Hey there, folks. We're back. We're doing it again. That's right. We're going to look into the ideas of liberty a little bit this week in this here episode number 109. Now, before we get into the show today... I would be remiss to not tell you about this amazing concept of health sharing and the package that our sponsors from Health Excellence Select have put together. If you have been frustrated with your health insurance as I once was myself, head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health for more information. My guest today is the founder and president of the Rutherford Institute, a nonprofit civil liberties organization committed to protecting the constitutional freedoms of every American. He is the author of many, many books on the issues of justice and government, including Government of Wolves, the Emerging American Police State, which we discussed way back in episode 13 of this show. He is here with me today to discuss his latest book, Battlefield America, the War on the American People. And he is, in my opinion, the leading expert on the emerging American police state. John Whitehead, welcome back to the Lines of Liberty podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Well, John, it's great to have you on. And uh, in, back in Government of Wolves, which we talked about back in 2013, you, know, you extensively documented the various ways that new laws, emerging technologies, and various actions taken by the US government have helped craft our government into what many including yourself now refer to as a police state uh your research is incredibly thorough and yet here you are just two years later with a brand new book battlefield america so what actually inspired you to go out and write this follow-up book less than two years later i mean has, has there been that much movement on this front in the last two years are things
0: changing that quickly yeah things are changing very very quickly a lot of it's due to increased uh Technology, the government's technology is absolutely amazing. What they're handing out to local police that they use uh, in your neighborhoods is absolutely amazing. The armaments uh, to local police uh, continue to grow. They've uh, slowed down just a bit under George Bush, but they're zooming under President Obama. The FBI is developing uh, all their databases, uh, DNA, facial recognition software, and all this is going to spread across the country. In my opinion there's nothing you can do right now that uh, except maybe go live in a cave and hide away to escape the eyes of the government but as we all know caves are very very scarce. Uh the more I've studied some of the large corporations like Google who Google openly works with the NSA and developing uh robotics, those kind of things, we can talk a little bit more about that. Amazon, not too long ago, built a $20 million intelligence cloud for all 17 intelligence agencies so that they can use it to collate your metadata and uh, make sure they know exactly what, you, what you're doing, where you're moving, and how to control you. So I would say with it, within just months, uh, we don't know what type of new technology is emerging. But here's the key. What we're seeing is the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion, when the government uh, reveals something, they're revealing maybe the prototype. They already have their money in the bank, so to speak, their technology, and they're ready to move. So we're up against a technological beast, in my opinion, that's Orwell, uh, Aldous Huxley, the great science fiction writers, Philip K. Dick, could only imagine but they fell short in their imaginations.
1: Let's talk about the robotics a little bit more, as you mentioned there a moment ago, because this is a subject that I've had a lot of requests to to look further into. I mean in some ways, it's really cool to see all these sort of robots being made. And I I dream of all the ways that robotics can really help humanity. But then you look at the government and their relationship with corporations, such as Google, who are just buying up robotics companies left and right. And we get to worry a little bit about what some of that technology might actually be used for in those hands. So can you just get into some of the sort of uses of robotics specifically that you
0: see emerging lately? Well, you know, Dubai has now announced that within a couple of years, they're going to go to robotic policemen. Wow. Which means you're going to be dealing with, in in some countries, the more advanced kind of party time countries like that, you're going to be dealing with uh, some pretty far out creatures. If people want to see a little bit about what it might look like, you can go on YouTube and watch the Atlas 4. There's actually videos of the Atlas 4 moving. And again, it's It's a prototype, but I do believe that that thing is probably ready to go, but uh, they're not going to tell us when. There's a K5 robot that was announced recently. may start handing out parking tickets in parts of this country within the next 5 to 10 years. As I said, they're building the intelligence clouds for all 17 intelligence agencies. Uh, They're working openly with DARPA, which is the... That section of the Department of Defense for the United States government, the Pentagon, which develops robotics, smart meters, smart homes are all coming. Walmart has announced that within a few years, uh, their mannequins in many of their stores will have surveillance cameras in them, so they'll be watching you, supposedly, to get commercial data to show what you're shopping for, what you like. Smart TVs now, the TVs that you can actually talk to to turn on and off and change channels or whatever you're doing Any information caught in your room while you're talking, what you're saying, is delivered to an Internet server. It's Zooming, I mean, but when you have Google saying they openly work with NSA, then Google, by 2029, they say they're going to be able to fuse the human mind with a machine mind or computers in a process they call singularity. And that's a high possibility, I think. The thing that I'm being told, by the way, is that the NSA computers, this is from former NSA agents, are so powerful at their Utah facility that they actually collect the information, they parse it, and hand it to the agent. In other words, they contact the agent and say, this person's a danger, this man's a danger, or whatever. And we just found out recently, I only found this out uh, about a month ago, the NSA has what they call Google for voice. They listen in on your telephone calls It's a computer. The computer actually transcribes what you're saying on your telephone. And again, that's delivered into an Internet server. They could actually study it. So the old thing of an FBI agent sitting with a little earbud in his ear listening to someone on telephone like they did to Martin Luther King, the Beatle John Lennon, and thousands of other people out there, so-called peace protesters, those things are going by the wayside. So I would say by 2030, 2035, it's a high possibility that What we call our government and our society will be run by what we used to call machines. Are they basically scooping up and translating the data from almost all
1: of our phone calls? Because even with all the Edward Snowden revelations, it, it still seems like people don't really take the scope of the surveillance very seriously. Some people do. I mean, when I talk to my dad, he's a 30 year Air Force veteran. When I talk to him on the phone, there sometimes we'll get into a conversation and he'll say, let's not talk about this on the phone right now because he'll, he'll, he'll actually be worried that they might hear something or maybe they're scooping up that data. So, I mean, how legitimate is that? Should we all just assume that when we're having a conversation with a family member, with a friend, that that data will somehow possibly end up at least in a, in a searchable form? with the NSA?
0: I believe so, yes. I started writing on the NSA back in the 1980s when I came across some cases where they were listening in on phone calls at that time of anybody in this country. They started a long time ago. Most people don't realize that the NSA was created by executive order, what I call imperial fiat, by President Truman in 1952. Uh, They have a black ops budget You don't know how much they have. You don't know how many people work for them. That all violates the Constitution. You realize that our Constitution says there must be at least an annual public accounting of money spent by governmental agencies. So we have an, uh, an agency that's working completely outside the law. I call it the fourth branch of government. I would say we do have a fourth branch of government right now. and The NSA works in tandem with the other intelligence agencies and the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. So they operate independently. No one knows exactly what they're doing. I think they have files, in my opinion. Again, I've worked in and out of D.C. for almost 40 years. I'm a constitutional lawyer, and I've sued a lot of politicians, people who like to talk. But the uh, NSA has a file on virtually anybody in government. So if, let's say, a politician's done something like go to a house of prostitution or whatever, or sees a psychiatrist occasionally, they know all that. And if you look it up carefully, Ronald Reagan used the NSA to blackmail (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, these are all facts, folks They're all footnotable in my book I, I never heard that Yeah, well, you know Nixon did it Nixon used the IRS and NSA I mean, John Dean, look it up Reagan actually used it I mean, I footnoted it in my book, a Change Manifesto There were a few guys that he was disagreeing with And he, he wanted to collect the information on them And use it against them that, finally, that, that was surfaced years later But presidents can use them The problem with that, though, is is that Let's say Obama's done something unseemly Here's the question Think about it, folks. Why hasn't Congress done anything with the NSA? Why haven't they curtailed him in light of the revelations, not just from Snowden, but from William Binney, who was a higher-up intelligence agent? James Bamford, who's been writing on the NSA for years and saying we're dealing with a monster that's out of control. William Benny, by the way, who was a high-level NSA agent, he said the goal of the NSA is total population control. And I believe that to be true. How many people realize that the NSA has a program called their Five Eyes program? They have bases in Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and Great Britain, and here. Their Five Eyes. If I argue in my book, Battlefield America, we're in an electronic concentration camp. I have people who urge me all the time to head out of the country and go here or go there. I mean, I've actually had... People who've worked for the Secret Service, the NSA, says, why, head? you should get out of the country. If something falls, you'll be on the list. If they want to get you wherever you go, folks, they can get you. In fact, the FBI admits they can lock into a, a laptop. Let's say you, you, you want to pretend you're off the grid and you go out and live in the woods and you're just writing a story on your laptop or doing whatever. They say now that from a distance they can they can tap into it and find out exactly what you're doing. The FBI also admits that they can turn on your laptop from a distance. It becomes a camera and your phone becomes a microphone. I mean, I had a Secret Service agent visit me about six months ago. He was at my office. When he came into my office, he sat down. And, and maybe your father would understand this, too. He said, uh, is there a secure room? And I didn't know what he was talking about. He says, a room with no phone. And I said, "There's. I have a conference room that just has one phone. He goes in and actually disconnects the speaker and puts it. On the table. And I said, Are you trying to tell me something? He looked at me and moved his head. Then he wanted to talk a little further. He asked me to step outside where there would be no cell phones or nothing. So, do I think they're listening on your cell phones? I mean, I would rather err on the side of paranoia (laughs) than to know that someone's listening in. But yes, I do. People whisper today, they believe the government's listening in. I think they do that, yes. I may be wrong.
1: In many ways, it almost seems more dangerous to, to have the knowledge that you're being listened to or that you could be listened to because, like, hey, even just like with the conversation with my dad, there are certain things he doesn't want to say on the phone because he thinks he's being might be being listened to. So the idea that that can quell speech, I think, is perhaps more dangerous than the actual spying itself or any of the actual things they might uncover, which, of course, is bad as well.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what we've done in this country, and and if you look at the public schools, I talk to kids coming out of the schools today, even uh, law students, they seem to have no clue of history, where we've been, nothing. We don't study history. How many people know that in 1938, and this is all documented in my book, I have, uh, by the way, over 30 pages of footnotes in my book, Battlefield America. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist. In 1938, Edmund Patrick Coffey, the chief aide, one of the chief aides, of J. Edgar Hoover of the FBI, went over to Nazi Germany. He was invited. He studied for a while in Nazi Germany. He loved it. He was, he was glowing about how great the police work was in Nazi Germany. And Hoover was supposed to go over himself and take a look and see how efficient the Nazis were. War broke out thereafter. By the way, in 1938... Hitler was very popular. He was Time Magazine Man of the Year. Most people don't realize that. Uh, He went back to the United States with all this information. You saw in the 1950s, and this is just a little over a decade later, people were getting rounded up in the streets of New York and across the country just because the FBI was listening in on phone calls of Americans without warrants, just because they were meeting to do First Amendment activity. Some were getting arrested for it. The Congress assembled the House Un-American Activities Committee, where they called in... Pete Seeger. If you remember Pete Seeger, the great folk singer, they called him in and questioned him on his <laughs> his activities as a as a, someone against war and those kind of things. So if you study history, this has been a long train. What's happened, as I said at the beginning of the interview, is that the technology has grown so awesome that an FBI agent doesn't need to sit by the phone anymore. The machine does the work, and that's where we're at. In a minute, we will to talk about what your local cops have, but... The technology your local police would have today, if you brought George Orwell into the room and said, here's what the local police have, let's say, in Podunk, Virginia, or Podunk, Iowa, or Podunk, Mississippi, he would fall off his chair. He'd say, I could never dream up such a thing. <laughs> he couldn't have dreamed of a thing. How many people realize your local police have, most local police now, they're, and all this equipment's given by out by the Department of Homeland Security, stingray devices. They drive by your house. They're little boxes that fit in cops' cars. They they act as fake cell phone towers. They drive by your house, download all the information on your cell phone, everything you're doing. If you're staying on the street corner, they do the same thing. St. Louis has just announced they have one of these, and other cities have them. They're called real-time crime centers. Okay? Once they get that cell phone data, wherever you go in that city, and it's connected across the country now, they track wherever you're going. If you go to a store... If you buy something, if you talk to somebody, it's all taken into these real-time crime centers, which are large facilities with eight. The central room has eight large plasma TVs. By the way, it's sponsored by Motorola. And they know exactly what you're doing, what you're buying, what you're thinking. Uh, they work in, uh, with fusion centers. Uh, many police agencies have uh, license plate readers now. They collect up to 1,800 images per hour. Again, they track you. If you're a free speech protester or you want to go somewhere, they'll know exactly where you're at, where you're meeting. And the FBI, by the way, shows up a lot of times and disrupts those. And by the way, these license plate readers, the Drug Enforcement Agency, says now they can get your facial image by using these things in your car. The possibilities are limitless. Uh, new devices that are being developed for police agencies, just to give you a few They have retinal obfuscation devices that will be in the hands of cops. Some are already using them. They can blind you up to 15 minutes, sort of a laser beam. They also have a device now called uh, the Range-R. It's Range-R. But walk up with a SWAT team. They put it on your door. They can actually see the image of you in your house. They can follow you around. I mean, this is stuff that no one could ever dream done. But here's the key to this, is that this stuff is all done without a warrant. It violates everything the Constitution stands for. And most Americans don't know what the Constitution says. Let me read just the first part of the Fourth Amendment to your listeners. Absolutely. The right of the people to be secure, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. That's a command. The Founding Fathers, uh, if you want to call them that, the guys who wrote the Bill of Rights, understood it. They understood a strong armed government. I even quote James Otis, the great colonial lawyer, in my book, Battlefield America. When I read the quote, I said, I got to put this in the book. He says, The British are crashing through our doors. They're throwing people down. They're smashing in, taking whatever they want. And I said, Oh my God, that's, SWAT, that's a SWAT team raid. So SWAT team raids go back as far as 17, at least they go back further than that, wherever aggressive governments, but SWAT team raids 80,000 annually now where people are getting shot, people without, they're going through doors. And at 3 a.m. in the morning, kids are getting burned. They always shoot dogs. Jose Guerrero in Arizona, a decorated Marine. The police are doing a sweep of his neighborhood for marijuana. They crash through the door at 3 a.m. in the morning. He puts his wife and kid in the closet, he stands at the end of the hallway with the only weapon he has, which is his hunting rifle. The police see him in their gear. And they shoot over 70 times, shooting him 50. They kill him, of course. They say that he fired at him. And an investigation showed the, the uh, safety never came off his rifle. He never fired a shot. Guess what? They found no marijuana in his home. Very much like the James Otis scenario. So, everything that we've been warned against, the, it, we don't know our Constitution. We don't enforce it. We let government officials just trample over it, throw it in to the toilet. We defend veterans who do Facebook posts. We defended one a year and a half ago who uh, was drug out of his home and put in a mental hospital for anti-Obama Facebook posts. We filed a lawsuit and got him out at the Rutherford Institute. It was for First Amendment activity. We have veterans who contact us. They say the FBI visits them the next day after they do Facebook posts against the government, threatening to either deport them, some of them, actually deport them. We had one guy sit in my office and wept. He was a former Secret Service agent. He worked. He was a former Army veteran. And I read the paragraph that he wrote. It was just about some operations that were going on in his local community. It revealed nothing secret. Two NSA agents showed up to his door the next day after he sent the email and said they would deport him if he ever did it again. Free speech in America, folks? NSA agents showed up? NSA agents, yeah. They have the power to just show up at people's houses and and, then threaten to deport them? All governmental agents, they could do arrests now. Did you know that all federal agencies from the Agriculture Department, Department of Fisheries, Department of Education, all have SWAT teams with hollow-point bullets? How many people realize, I document this in my book, Battlefield America, that the Department of Homeland Security a couple years ago contracted to buy 1.6 million hollow-point bullets for use by their federal agents. And You know what hollow-point bullets do? Sure, yeah. For people that don't know, I mean, you don't, when you go to, to
1: practice, people might say, oh, yeah, well, they need, they need bullets to practice with, but you don't use hollow point bullets on the range.
0: They're, they're kill bullets. When they, when they hit, they expand. Yeah, they're specifically meant to kill. Yeah. I say explode, and some people say, no, they don't explode, but they do expand. I'm a former infantry officer. They explode and they spread out and they collect tissue. If you get hit in the shoulder of one, your shoulder goes off. If you saw the Zapruder film of John F. Kennedy getting shot, part of his head went off on the back of the trunk of the car. That was from a hollow-point bullet. They're lethal. The Social Security Administration purchased 200,000, they said in the press release, to be distributed to 41 locations across America. The Department of Agriculture bought over 300,000 hollow-point bullets. Now, let me ask you this. Department of Agriculture, are they going out shooting fish with those things? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The Department of Fisheries has hollow point bullets.
1: Uh, why would the Social Security Administration need them? That, that seems even crazier. I mean, are they tracking down? I mean, the payments come out of my check automatically, so I don't even know what, what enforcement arm they could possibly have.
0: Well, they're paranoid, and that's why I say we, we're dealing with a very paranoid government. It's uh, nervous about people with guns, and you know, a lot of folks have guns out there. They're nervous about that. They're, I hear all that crap. But the FBI, by the way, which their statistics are always lower than actually what happened. They just reported here about six months ago that crime in America is a 40-year low among citizens. Unarmed policemen getting killed in the line of duty is a 50-year low. And in 2013, it was the lowest murder rate in a century. So Americans are not violent. There are There is some violence. So why in the world would this government we have be arming themselves with hollow-point bullets, passing out grenade launchers across the country to local police departments, MRAPs, which are huge armored tanks, sniper rifles, sniper scopes, all kinds of intelligence devices. People say, uh, what do you think about the possibility of the police becoming federalized? Wake up. The police are already federalized. Many of the police chiefs are trained by the FBI at Quantico, the Marine base. We're dealing with an a, a, a entity today that has nothing to do with what Jefferson, Washington, Adams even conceived of. We're dealing with something that's very paranoid that wants to protect its interest. And, and why do I think that? Just give me my theory. Princeton University 2014, along with Northwestern University, did an extensive study of 20 years of Political policies put into action. They came to the conclusion. It's a very good report. I footnoted in my book. You, people, you should read it. It said that uh, we now live in an oligarchy ruled by moneyed elites. And so, what do the moneyed elites want to protect their interest? And guess who's going to protect it? As Ray Lewis, a former police captain with the Philadelphia Police Department, said, he says corporate America is using local police now as their mercenaries. They're armed to the teeth. I've had veterans say, well, I've got my gun. I'm going to get with a pal. Someday we may need to revolt. I look at them and say, dude, you're going to get blown away. Local police departments in this country have enough armor to put down a rebellion. So there has to be other tactics if you're going to see any change in this country. But we're dealing with something, and, and... this is all facts. I haven't even said you know, mostly what I think all this means, but the facts are all you have to do is add two and two, and it doesn't equal five. It equals four. I got just a couple
1: more questions for you, but first I need to take a minute out to give a little love to our sponsors over at Health Excellence Select. Believe me, guys, I know nobody likes dealing with health insurance companies. It's bad enough that you're sick, but now, thanks to the ACA, you're forced to pay for all sorts of coverage you don't even want or need, and the odds are you are indeed paying for it. I was frustrated, too, until I did some research and found out about health sharing, where like-minded, health-conscious individuals get together to cover each other's medical costs. And now the fine folks at Health Excellence Select have taken it to another level with a complete healthcare service combined combining health sharing with personal care assistance to help you find the doctors that you need at the best price, 24-7 phone access to physicians, along with discounts on dental and vision. And if that wasn't enough, they even have a website that works, if you can believe that. Guys, if you are struggling with a solution to your health care needs, look no further than Health Excellence Select. For more information, head on over to lionsofliberty.com health in this book, Battlefield America, you extensively document the facts and very thoroughly, and it's it's very unlike many other, I guess, videos and stuff like that. You'll see videos about the police state. You'll see stuff that just tries to scare you, and there might be legitimate reasons to be scared, but you don't really take that approach. You just take the approach of here is what's happening, and I'm going to show you all the evidence of what I'm saying is true. You're not conjecturing. You're not assuming what might happen. You're showing us what is literally happening right now, so I think it's, it's a very important book. Now, you mentioned what you think of all this. so that's what I really want to know, John. At the end of the day, we can spend all our lives just yelling and shouting and screaming police state, police state, pointing to all these new technologies that are scary, pointing to the robotics and getting worried about it. But I think to solve any problem and to really fix things and to change things in our society, we really need to know what's at the root of the problem. And you mentioned sort of the, the rich wealthy elites. I mean, do you think that that is really essentially the core of the creation of the, the police state? Is it essentially the sort of fascist leaders, I guess? You refer to our, our system as sort of a friendly fascist so, is that basically the source of why this police state is being created, or, or where does it spring from, and how can we actually address this problem?
0: Well, the argument was, and this is what we were hearing from the government, when they were pa- they've been passing out all this military equipment, grenade launchers, and all the stuff I've said to local cops, what I initially heard was this was all just old used equipment, and we don't know what to do with it. So, we're going to just pass out to local police. We did our research, we found out that over 40% of it's brand new. A lot of people making a lot of dough. Why do you think President Obama wrote in the past, signing the law, a bill allowing drones to start flying over America in 2015? Why? It's a $20 billion a year industry starting this year in 2015, up to an $80 billion a year industry. And drones, by the way, folks, are going to have lasers, tasers, rubber bullets. They There are drones with scanning devices, which you can float over your home and see everything you're doing. Again, this is not a warrant. It violates the Fourth Amendment. Collect information on you and fly off. You will never know they were there. So, what do I think? Yeah, I think we're in a, a fascist system. We've moved into it very subtly. You can call it friendly fascism. Uh, Aldous Huxley, I think, makes a good point. He said this in 1957 that he thought that in America we would be socially engineered, he called it brainwashing too, to accept the fact that easily by being so distracted that we would move into a system and we we wouldn't even know we were in it till we were there. And folks, I think we're in it now, and most of us still don't know it's there. And why don't we? As I show in my book, the average American watches 150 hours of television a month. The average young person now watches 8 hours of screen time on some kind of device a day. Here's the point. If you're watching, you're not doing. And you know, everything you see on TV and your screen devices is essentially controlled by six major corporations. As I've been told by Secret Service people, John, it's not what you see on the news. It's what you don't see on the news. I mean, I talk to journalists, seasoned journalists, and I raise the, uh, the SWAT teams. I say, you realize how many SWAT teams? They look at me like blankly. I say 80,000 a year. And they look at me like I'm nuts. Now, that's, that is true. There's 80,000 a year. They don't ever report it. How many think most Americans, that they see reality shows about, well, so-called reality shows about SWAT teams. How many people know they're going, 80% of those SWAT team raids are from your warrant service, where a policeman used to show up at your door and knock on the door and say, are you Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones? How many people know the Supreme Court now has said that if a SWAT team arrives at your door, it's the wrong door but they think you might be doing something illegal, they can still go through your door.
1: Wow. Even if they learn that it's the wrong door, they can still bust in. If Maybe they smell some weed or something. They can still just bust right in.
0: Smell some weed? Maybe. That's Kentucky versus King. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the only dissenting judge. He says it's the end of the Fourth Amendment. It's also the end of private property. So everything is coalescing at this point. We're here. Wake up. I mean, it's the old maxim that if if society is debating something, it's already occurred. We're all talking about this technology now, all the things that are happening. In this interview, we're just touching, we're just scratching the surface. So you asked me why I wrote Battlefield America, the war against the American people. There's so much damn information out there, uh, but we're not getting the information. You have to search. I have to read five or six hours a day sometimes just to keep up with what's going on all the new technology, all the things that are happening, what's being given to government officials. And Americans believe it. But what did James Madison, who said, who wrote our Bill of Rights? We ought to mistrust all those in power. As long as you believe the government, folks, you're going to get deceived because where do most of the people go? Think about this. Just do a little research. When they leave Congress, do they really come home or do they go up on Wall Street or K Street They become lobbyists, or they work directly for corporations working with other lobbyists for the most part. Yep, there you go. So who's really running this country? We're in a caste system, by the way, and that's not my idea. That's George Orwell. Shortly before he died, he wrote a letter, and he said he thought the world was moving into a caste system, particularly the United States, he said, and Great Britain. There's the haves and the have-nots. If you look at the recent Baltimore riots here, April 2015, that was, you know, I've talked to people who live in Baltimore. They say there's just basically a street, and they call their neighborhoods Beirut, by the way. i talked to uh, African-Americans who live there, and they say it's like we live in Beirut with the cops and the poor people. You walk 100 yards, you're into a really nice area, and blah, 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 and it gets you in the red. And so you're, you're, That's what we're developing in this country. The middle class is being basically done away with. So what are you going to see? You're going to see more clashes with people, but why are the cops there with all their armament? Put that down. They're there to make sure that the halves don't get touched. Well, John,
1: it's really important work that you're doing. I mean, regardless of how we can change the system and change you know, the, the reason that we're emerging into such a police state right now, we can't change that until we have enough people that are at least aware that there is a problem in the first place and you do, as we mentioned, an, an excellent job extensively documenting the police state and, and how all this stuff is emerging, and incredibly rapidly so much that you have you know, 30 pages of, of new footnotes only a year and a half or so after, after you wrote your last book, so that's how much this new information is coming out, and thank God there's someone like you out here that, that takes the time to put it all together because it really is overwhelming. There really is just so much going on, but I, I think it's very important work that you're doing and important work that you're doing at the Rutherford Institute, uh, just helping people you know, defend themselves against constitutional violations. So, John, before I let you go, why don't I just give you a second to give everyone the rundown of where they can find your books, how they can get in touch with the Rutherford Institute, and how they can contact you.
0: Yeah, you can contact us at rutherford.org. That's rutherford.org. We do a a thing called Freedom Watch, a posting that gives a lot of articles. People should read those. You can get my book, Battlefield America, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. But here's the key. Education precedes action. I'm telling people to get educated, and I'm telling people to get very active locally. Get your local governing bodies to say no to the federal beast in Washington, D.C. And you can do that. It's a doctrine called nullification. I talk about it in my book. But it's time for local governing bodies which were intended to rule this country, by the way, not a, a creature out of Washington, D.C., just start saying no, nullify it. Some states are, are sending back the equipment, by the way, that their police have, the military equipment. You can do it. It's going to take people getting mad, getting down city council meetings and demanding that their government do what is right, but you can do it, but you're going to have to... Uh, I, well, here's the key. If you're watching 150 hours of television a month, I'm just saying give freedom 70 hours and get active locally. That's great advice. John Whitehead, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Be
1: sure to check out Battlefield America. We'll link to that over at the show notes page for the show. And thanks again for coming to the show, John. Appreciate the great work, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, thank you, sir. You got it, John. Take care. Whew. Boy, that is a lot to take in now, isn't it, folks? And it's really amazing because John said he scratched the surface there. And I mean, he really literally only scratched the surface in this short interview. I mean, I I have extensive notes of of topics that we could have discussed, and knowing that there's no way we could possibly get to all of them. And those notes only represent a very, very tiny, tiny fraction of the information presented in John Whitehead's latest book, Battlefield America. So I do highly recommend you checking this book out. We will link to it in the show notes page of this episode at lionsofliberty.com slash 109. This is episode number 109. And if you're a constant fan of the show, just remember any episode number, starting with 100 and beyond, if you want to find the show notes page, you just type lionsofliberty.com slash that episode number. And of course, you can find all our past episodes at the podcast archive, lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. And, you know, you see this term tossed around a lot. Police state, police state. You see it all over the internet. You see people posting stuff. You'll see people post, you know, something about a cop punching him in the face. And, yeah... And they'll say police state or, or uh, you know, they'll, they'll show just a, a guy with a bullhorn and the cop will come and tell him to, to quiet down and they'll yell police state. I mean, I, I think it's a phrase that can in many ways be overused. I mean, and, and even if when there are legitimate problems, as Mr. Whitehead has pointed out, in many ways there are extremely many legitimate problems. But we don't want to dilute the analysis of those problems by just labeling anything that a cop does that we might not like as, you know, an example of the police state. We have to be reasonable. We have to show people the facts of the situation and like i said john whitehead has done that extensively in his book here but when it comes down to it we really have to focus on i know i say this a lot on the principles on the philosophy of the people in our country and not just our country the world the universe i mean if there's aliens out there i hope they have a better philosophy too and don't want to impose a police state on on our planet if they ever come here How did I get to talking about aliens? I don't know. Well, the point is, at the end of the day, all this stuff doesn't just happen in a vacuum. The police state doesn't just spring up out of nowhere. There are human beings, individual human beings, making certain decisions to see a lot of this stuff emerge. Many of these people are in government. Many of these people are in the private sector, Google, etc., creating technologies, and maybe some of those technologies are great. I'd love to have robots serving me breakfast every morning. Nothing wrong with that. But when those robots are turned around into maybe armed agents of the state enforcing laws, many of which are based on victimless crimes, many of our laws have no victims at all, such as the war on drugs. And if we suddenly have more technologies being used to prosecute those laws and to violate people's basic human rights, let alone the rights spelled out in the Bill of Rights, well, that's only going to make the problem even worse. But really, step one is to get people to care, to care, to even take those steps to think about philosophy, to think about government, to think about the injustices going on in the world. 80,000 SWAT raids a year. That is systemic injustice, folks. It is wrong. It's why I sit in front of a frickin' microphone a couple times a week and do what I'm doing. I don't know how much of an impact it's having, but I know there's a decent amount of people listening more and more every week, so, you know... That's thanks to you guys, because I don't have a marketing budget. <laughs> My marketing budget is you guys, is you guys spreading the word about the show, letting your friends know that you like it, shooting emails to your friends and family, posting it on social media, retweeting this stuff. That's what we need. If you like the show and you want to see it stick around, that's what we need you to do there. Are of course, ways you can support the show, you can come over to linesofliberty.com and find our Amazon batter over at the right-hand side. And Any shopping you do there over Amazon will help us with the site. You can also, of course, check out our sponsors, <laughs> Health Excellence Select, Lines liberty.com slash health and look into that if you aren't happy with your insurance and we get a little kickback from them as well for anyone that signs up. So there are ways to help us out. Help us expand our operation. Hey, I'd love to do this thing five days a week. I just can't do it right now. But it's important we keep doing it. I, I really feel strongly about that. I wouldn't have committed the last year and half of my life to doing this podcast if it wasn't important. If it wasn't important to find different ways to wake people up in a sense, to get them interested in talking about politics, to get them interested in writing the wrongs that are going on in the world and there are a plenty of them and we're going to keep doing it each and every darn week here twice that is every Monday and Thursday here at the Lions of Liberty podcast now next week we're going to we're going to make things a little more lighthearted especially after the heavy heavy stuff going on in this show today we're going to finally bring back we've all been kind of relaxing and resting and and recouping from our 100th episode anniversary special lionsofliberty.com slash 100 but we will feature the return of the libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor that's right I'm going to invite some good old liberty friends into this here Lions of Liberty studios we're going to kick back on the few adult beverages and maybe talk some liberty, maybe talk some politics. If you listen to episode 100, you can see that sometimes that doesn't always really happen, but at the end of the day, I like to think it's a good time, and the folks out there seem to like it, so we look forward to that in the next episode, and until then, folks, live long! And live free. Head of Editing and mastering.